I might play around with that later, but uh, how are you doing, Laura? I'm okay. How's your head? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. How's your uh, head? I'm sorry that you're uh, not feeling that well. No complaints. Um, I, yeah, I have a migraine, but I'm doing okay right now. I mostly just felt insanely nauseous and was like, oh, this is not something conducive to podcasting. And so I, I did feel like there's a high possibility that I'll probably feel fine by the time we're going to meet. But I've also learned that these things can go either way. So I was like, I should probably let you know earlier because I didn't want to be like, oh, guess what? It's 6.30 and I can't meet with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate that. That's cool. Um, it wouldn't have been a problem, but here we are. Uh, so um, how are you? What's going on in your life? Are you still in the process of moving and stuff right now? Or We just found out today that we're closing on the 31st. Oh, great. You figured that out. Yeah, so awesome. We're gonna be moving soon. It's crazy. So after after closing, it's like you you're out of this place you're in right now, like right away, or? Well, yes and no. I mean, thankfully, we didn't have to put this house on the market to get a new oh. house. Oh, okay, okay. But that means that it's easier for us in terms of like transferring everything over, getting the dog situated, and then we're gonna you know, tidy this place up and put it on the market. So. Okay, sweet. That's cool. That's good. That's um, because I had to, you know, I mean, I've never owned another house that I had to sell to move to a new house. That's not a step I've ever had to take. So usually it's like, oh, my lease is up or I'm breaking my lease and I'm out of here. Yep. And uh, yeah, you just like cut ties completely with the old place. Yeah. I'm, somebody take my old mattress. Yeah, that's uh, not how it's going to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah considered, considering the state of the world right now, I think I'm holding up okay. Nice. But it's been rough. It's been a rough week in terms of just on a macro scale. You know, a lot of really horrible shit happening lately. <laughs> yeah. Um... You know, just, just enough to just push you over that despondent edge. Now, are you talking about people being shot or are you talking about, you're talking about, are we talking about today's topic, which is justice? I'm sure we will get there, but I am talking about mass shootings in terms of like the things this week that have just really been weighing on me. Yeah. I don't know. It's really, I found a quote that I think is basically there's this quote that's been going through my head essentially since what was it the january is it january 6th resurrection or whatever the heck um resurrection yep it's a it's a post uh it's a quote by um alex vitali i don't know if you know who that is he is the author of the book the end of policing which cannot stress enough everyone should read this book um it is so good he is so smart he's not some kind of like left-wing ideologue who's like we don't need police you know he's really it's very thoughtful very well thought out makes complete sense it's the kind of shit that you would have a really hard time arguing with unless you you know unless you were in bad faith um but <clears throat> anyway yeah and this quote i highlighted it so i would be able to read it to you here it is so here's the quote 
Americans are deeply committed through their retributive impulses. The United States has become a gigantic revenge factory. People are falling back on these impulses, imagining justice as a question of punishment, imagining that accountability is going to be measured in years of incarceration. Yeah. But especially that whole idea of um, America being a revenge factory. and Yeah. Retribution. Retribution. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that was like witnessed with our last president. Very like if you were going to distill distill America's uh, retribution uh, uh, drive, Donald Trump is definitely like, hey, every single thing is I got to I got to fight back on that and I got to get him and I got to, you know, stick it to him. And it's all it's always uh, um you got to punish the person for what 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 has happened and yeah um the only way to get justice is through punishment i truly think that's what americans think that justice equals punishment which to me is so depressing which it's not even necessarily just a i think it goes back to like the bible it goes back to like hammurabi's code you know like back in sumer i think he uh I didn't do a lot of research. My research on this episode is a little light uh, this week, but I, as far as I remember from sixth grade social studies, Hammurabi's code um, was like, he wrote in clay tablets or something. Oh, and, and it was like the eye for an eye, uh, li- like literally that was where it was written that like, okay, it's all, it's literal. Like, you know, an eye for an eye is a punishment. Um, that's existed for a long, long time. And somehow uh, we haven't, um evolved past that in the way some other countries maybe have in their in their uh, legal system and justice system i guess yeah i highly agree with that and i think it's making the way things are right now so much worse i mean i do think like as far as retributive impulses go i mean you can't find a better example like you said of our last president but i also think this is so much more pervasive in our society than people this isn't a republican thing this isn't a trump thing i mean for example, I after the insurrection. Hold on, Laura, one second. I gotta pause you. You gotta check something here. Uh oh. Oh, well, I didn't know that you were okay. house might be on fire. Yes, that seems prudent. No, sorry, did not. Sorry, Chelsea's home. I thought she was gonna be home a little later. I didn't have my door closed, so. Oh, that's okay. I just figured you thought your house was on fire and you were needing to check, which I thought was a good idea. And like, if it was, I'm just like, oh no, don't, no problem. House is on fire. Don't worry yeah, about it. Like, five alarm, gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> um, glad your house is not on fire. It's not. But I don't fully remember what I was saying. So you'll have to. Um, you were talking about um, in our country. Well, we'll just start this over. So like um, <clears throat> um, in our country, what are we talking about? The. Uh... Oh, I know what I was going to say. Okay. In terms of talk, in terms of. <clears throat> talking about the retrib- retributive impulses and punishment, like justice equals equaling punishment. I mean, that's something I saw a lot after this fucking idiot re- resurrection, uh, insurrection, I'm sorry, at the um, Capitol. I saw a lot of people on the left, like basically like bloodthirsty. Yeah. And I just felt like, like even with what is his name, the Q shaman, that particular guy, he made the news really quickly because he, apparently has a very strict organic diet yep. and 
the jail or wherever he was wouldn't accommodate. Uh-huh. And I get it. It's really easy to just be like, ha fuck you, dude. <laughs> totally get that. But I also think like we have that exact same impulse about literally every aspect of prison life, you know? Oh, right, like, right. Yeah. To the point where like, you know, prison rape and stuff is like a joke where it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're getting brutalized in prison. Fuck yeah. you. You, deserve it. you shouldn't have books. You shouldn't have education. You shouldn't have any ability to further yourself. You're a bad person because right. think about it. Taking away somebody's time through incarceration, in my opinion, is one of the most heinous punishments you can give someone because you literally can't give it back. If it mm-hmm. turns out you cannot return that person's life to them. You can't be like, here's the thir- last 30 years or even the last year of your life, you know? Yeah. And so the, how cavalier we are about it in the society is just so troubling to me. I mean, we lock up more people than anybody, which is just so gross. And it seems to not really bother a lot of people. Like, I'm No, seeing- we don't. Yeah. We don't do a lot of rehabilitation in that uh, incarceration. It's a lot of... Um, further alienating um, the, the prisoners from mm-hmm. society. Yep. I, I just really don't. It doesn't really, it doesn't solve a whole lot other than removing them from the general populace. For a period of time. Right, yeah. I mean, and I think that's kind of my point is like, we know, for instance, that letting somebody just a quote unquote rot away in prison and then letting them out with no skills, no connections, no resources is essentially the way that you create a reoffender. <laughs> like that's, yeah. it's a, that's why they call it like a vicious circle in terms of like the, you know, the prison system. Yeah. You know that. And yet we still are like, don't let them have books. You know, yeah, it's like so obvious. Like how, <laughs> how are, how is someone meant to, get better in that system and then be ready to like what just get a job somewhere and rent a place and like what are you talking about like how especially since they've there any skills they had prior to prison have probably deteriorated since you know they got in so they they can't lean on that stuff either maybe you know it's not so you've made them worse people yes <laughs> yeah it's literally what happens. And what yeah. we do is we make shows about it like Oz. I just, I find it just so disgusting. Like I've been having a really hard time basically like being a part of cool society lately. Not that I've ever loved cool society, but I'm like, it is especially terrible right now. Yeah. Oh, you know? yeah. Even the fact that if you serve your time, when you get out, you are not free and clear. That's going to fuck you for the rest of your life. People are going to, at, at best, people are going to judge you. At worst, you're not going to be able to get a job. You're not going to be able to get anyone to rent you a place. You're yeah. going to end up fucked. You shouldn't yeah. because you served your fucking time. But instead of having someone serve time, what we decide to do is ruin their lives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just find that so gross. And I just feel really, just really bummed about it lately. Yeah, it's really a shame. And, and in a lot of states, you can't vote anymore if you're a felon either so you you get you are less than a citizen and you can't work at most places and you can't you know get rent a place like you said and it's so so fucking dumb i just like 
we're just so dumb. What, why is this the, the system that- I'd rather have the short-term satisfaction of judgment and retribution than the long-term satisfaction of a society that functions well and rehabilitates people. Yeah, I mean, I think last time we were talking about how the, the goal, I think you were saying that, you know, it only makes sense to take care of everybody in the society, which, you know, the engine of the economy, like, let's take care of all of the cogs in the, in the, in the machine and, and make sure that you, you get your money's worth from this American capitalist factory. But no, but that's not what happens. You just let all the pieces break and then replace the pieces because it's, easier i don't know that it's even easier i don't know why we do this the way we do it, it is it easier because it creates so much it is not in the long term but i i do think it is this short-term satisfaction of i mean this is something that uh there's a book called on punishment i believe the author's name is murray Siddell or Siddle, i'm not sure um it's something that a lot of my dog training friends have read because obviously punishment and reward is something that we think about a lot in terms of like, how do you motivate dogs? How do you change their behavior? Like what counts as a punishment? What counts as work? I think about this topic all of the time. It's just something that's very on top of mind for me. And one thing that said in this book that I was like, holy shit, I'd never thought of it this way. Punishment is reinforcing to the punisher. So in other words, the person doing the punishing finds punishing reinforcing. So like you get mad at your dog, for instance, and you yell at it, you get the fuck out of here. For instance, you might feel better for a split second because you just let go of your frustration. So you just got rewarded for doing something shitty. Yeah. So I kind of feel like this is part of our society's problem is we're like, yeah, fuck him. He shouldn't eat his organic meals. You know, like we just get this visceral satisfaction out of deciding people are you know, these people are bad as opposed to these people, quote unquote, broke the law, or if we're being honest, these people probably did something that wasn't that big of a fucking deal, but our justice system is completely bullshit. And because of the inequality in our society, they got in trouble for it, whereas other people didn't. I think that's really more <laughs> what is happening. Well, the thing just- with the QAnon shaman, to not to break your point up there, but with him, with his organic food, it's, um, I mean, doesn't that just point out how unjust, unjust, everything is because the fact that he can first of all be arrested unscathed and then demand organic food and then get organic food and then complain that the organic food was hurting his tummy um and it all becomes news it's like wouldn't like this wouldn't be news if it wasn't a guy like him Mm-hmm. Totally. And it's, that's what I mean. It's really easy to just be like, oh, fuck this dude. And in on many respects, fuck this dude. But yeah. I think it's just the deeper, like, that's just scratching the surface is we go deeper than that. We're like, I don't care that you got raped in prison. Right, I don't right, right, right. That my guards are abusing you. You know, I don't care that, you know, <laughs> you're going to come out of prison with a drug problem and no resources. Yeah. It's easy to make fun of the, like the, the light stupid cases like this QAnon shaman guy, but it is reflective of our entire attitude about the punitive system. Yeah. I want people to ask themselves, where does it stop for me? Like if I scoff at this guy and say, what a dickhead, which fine, but I just want you to thoughtfully ask yourself, where does this stop for me? Like, what is okay in terms of what happens to people when they're incarcerated? What rights do they have? You know, because 
again, if we're going to talk about justice and the justice system, all people are supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. You know, all people who are proven guilty and are sent away to prison. Again, even if you gave me organic food every single day, if I was in prison for five years, it would be ruinous. I would be it would be the, like, one of the most horrible things you could do to me, taking me away from everything I know, my friends and family, my social contacts, my ability to like thrive and be a person, to feel like I matter in this world. Like all of that stuff, even if you're feeding me organic food, is still happening. So I just feel like we really downplay the severity of incarceration. Oh, it's for just sure. That not, not to mention that um capitalism has gotten its way into the prison stuff too you know where where like a phone call to your to your mom or your wife from prison is costing you an insane amount of money to to do and and you can do it for like minute like a minute at a time or some shit like that and it's not it's not fair that um they get cut off in that sense too. They get cut off from love and support from whoever they may have had it from prior. Yes. To, um, like, like being uh, locked away from people isn't hard enough, you know, in terms of like being in prison. Yeah. Now you're going to be lucky if you can afford to call home. Yeah. Or I you're going to confiscate my mail or whatever, whatever happens, you know, it's like you're cutting off communication as well and just how, further alienating them. Yeah. And how do we as a society justify this? I don't really understand it other than to say, well, they're bad people. Yeah, That's what people say. It's just like, yeah, well, they're bad people or they got what they deserve. And that's another phrase I want people to examine. If you say they got what they deserve. Whew, that's a really, that's a loaded phrase. Well, I said it actually because the broad in on the Wikipedia for justice in the broadest sense, they define it as people receive that which they deserve. Yes. And that's what I mean. It's like the way we decide what people quote unquote deserve is so warped and creepy. And yes. Yeah. And then there's a lot of debate about what, how you, how do you calculate deserve? Yeah, exactly. in terms of, yeah. Yeah. Who you are and what you have and who you know and what you did. And a lot goes into that. And a lot of it is biased in a lot of ways and, and uh, um, unfair for the same crimes, for the same across the board, different people will get different, different punishments and uh, different outcomes. Yep, that's not equality. That's not no. the way it's supposed to work. Definitely and not just, no. Most people who use the phrase, he got what he deserved. What they mean is he deserves whatever's coming to him. They don't, they don't mean justice has been reached and we have found a way to balance the scales. They mean, I don't give a fuck what happens to this guy because he's a criminal, you know? I don't know. I'm just really bummed lately about how shitty we are to everybody. No, yeah, yeah. No, no doubt. And I think people just are very satisfied when somebody bad is punished. They, I don't even know that they really care um, yeah. what it is. And so the fact that they don't really care what it is has given way to um, a lot of discrepancy across the board. Like a, like a Brock Turner will get whatever X single digit months in prison for raping somebody behind a dumpster versus like with eyewitnesses <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 with with like no sh sh shadow of doubt whatsoever or someone like jeffrey epstein who got the most jaw-dropping plea bargain deal i've ever heard of in my life for like a violent 
um, sexual predator. Which is dying or? No, he, before, before he was arrested. Oh, okay. Years, years before he was yeah. arrested. He, what, he got in trouble for this exact same thing. And with the Alex Acosta, who I think was like the prosecutor from Florida, mm-hmm. gave him like a sweetheart deal. He didn't go to oh. prison. Well, he did, but he was allowed to quote unquote, hang out with his lawyers whenever he wanted and rich. I know it's so stupid, but since he's rich, he hired as many lawyers as he could so that he could be out with them all day. Was this like he worked, didn't he have like an office space or yeah. something? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Work. Nobody was inside with him watching what he was doing. He had a chauffeur, like all of this kind of shit. And his victims were never notified about this outcome, which is illegal. It was just the whole thing is just, oh, but he's Jeffrey Epstein. He's a rich guy and he knows a lot of powerful people who want, don't want him to, you know, talk about the stuff that they've done on his island or whatever you know yeah yeah no doubt and i mean i actually thought you were saying that they let him die to get out of years and years of crazy litigation and 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 stuff well i do yes that too but the fact that their first instinct is let's just kind of quiet this guy and give you know we'll give him a punishment wink Mm -hmm. wink it's like, so interesting, like the, Jeffrey Epstein has his tentacles in so many things. I was just reading today about um, people who are in software development would know about the Free Software Foundation. It's, you know, all about open source software, blah, blah, blah. This guy, Richard Stallman, uh, created it, co-created it, um, and then def- was defending this guy, Marvin Minsky, who is a MIT computer science professor since like the 50s or 60s was friends with Epstein and, um, you know, allegedly had some underage stuff happening <laughs> in his life. Um, but uh, Richard Solomon defended him in, in some way and then got, you know, fired from the board of the Free Software Foundation. But anyway, Epstein was everywhere. It's like, I was just reading about this obscure thing and I'm like, whoa, 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 what? <laughs> like this Epstein, hold up. Yeah. I mean, are you talking about like his philanthropic tendrils, <laughs> basically like giving money to all kinds of different like schools and science organizations? And- okay, oh, that's making sense. Okay, <laughs> so he probably gave money to the Free Software Foundation. Okay. Um, I mean, even Bill Gates and um, Stephen Hawking, like these people, connections to Jeffrey Epstein. Even after he was arrested the Alex Acosta fake arrest, but after it was well aware this guy was a serial sexual predator of minors, he still was able to get connections and meetings with all of the people. He still was giving money to places who were still taking it. You know, like to me, it's very much the equivalent of being like, I am absolutely fine if the KKK wants to pay for my research. You know, like fuck oh, you. Pretty much, yeah. People like that, unless, you know. Well, it's just a much more easily hidden source it, oh, it's just this man, it's this philanthropist. Like, I don't even know what the fuck Epstein's job was. I don't know how he had all that money, but. No one does. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, you're totally right. But it also is like the easiest way to, well, there's evidence like back and forth emails and stuff between people at, at these schools saying things that essentially point out that they were like, how can we obscure that he's the one who gave us money since we know we shouldn't be taking this? You know, so they were well aware that it was not, Okay. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, scruples, whatever. Who has them? No one. <laughs> no one. No, you're fucking right. Nobody has them. 
it's just like everything can get um especially in this area of <laughs> human nature with the underage sex shit yeah. it's like that shit gets just covered up and covered up and covered up and catholic church and msu and gymnasts and it's QAnon, well, QAnon's onto something kind of, but like QAnon, QAnon is aware that there's child sex trafficking, but they're like looking for the answers in like a completely wrong place. But yeah, it is so infuriating. Yeah. <laughs> so infuriating. They actually made almost no, they didn't make a big deal about Jeffrey Epstein's death. And I think because he's tied to Trump. So they were like, uh, okay, but like, like, yeah. uh, move on. Cognitive dissonance, just I, what are these just shutting the fuck down at that point? Where they're like, ah, I don't know what to say, but look at over there. I don't know. They're like, oh, this guy was with Bill Clinton. Oh shit, there's a picture of him with Trump too. Yeah. And his heads explode, I think. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, but anyway, um, but yeah, that, that, that specific area, maybe sex crimes in general, there's no justice whatsoever oh. um, in that. All sex crimes they seem to give a shit about is stopping prostitution. Yeah, yeah, which in which both parties are willingly participating in the sexual act. That's correct, yeah. yeah. It's so infuriating, especially since we know how many, you know, children are being sexually abused, how many people are raped, how many rape kits there are in police stations that haven't been tested. It's all just jaw dropping to me, but our priorities as a society are um, a little fucked up. Well, I think. How much do you think our justice system has been skewed um, just to sort of keep like some semblance of slavery around? You know what I mean? Like where. Yeah. Yeah. I totally, I mean, the economic inequality that we're experiencing right now, is absolutely putting people in essentially what you got like indentured servitude. Yeah. Like even talking about human trafficking, um, like human trafficking, I listened to a podcast recently about it. It was really interesting. And one of the things they pointed out is that because income inequality is so bad right now, there are a lot of people who are essentially like at the whim of their boss. Like, you know, I'm a housekeeper and I'm not legal. And this person can do and say whatever they want to me because I have absolutely no rights. And yeah no recourse and no other options. So there's just a lot of people in those kinds of positions. And those are the people with jobs. You know, it's just really bleak to me that we, yeah. we have such an in, unequal system, um, both economically and racially. It's just disgusting and wrong. But I, I mean, our justice system came from, you know, the slavery days. We were like- Yeah, well, police in general, right? Were meant to stop runaway slaves and- yep. Yep, yep. Theft of white person property. I yeah. Think, yeah. Yeah. I think that's still is to protect white person's property. Yeah. Really, you know, and to well then all the you know, the differences in judgment in in uh crack cocaine versus cocaine yep. uh sentencing, drug sentencing a lot of the time is just to keep this black lower class i guess i don't know what to tell what to call it like just keep them keep them there i mean there have been so many things even past the level of justice just looking at economics that have been done to keep people who are not white from achieving the same status and the same accumulation of like wealth and resources that white people have yeah. i mean you look at like home buying for instance you know like 
so many people who are not me <laughs> are not able to buy a home yeah. at all, ever. That's not in their picture. Like, it, yeah. And that's wrong. It should not be that way. And but even in the past when they were able to do that, they were redlined and only held to certain neighborhoods and stuff. So. Right. The fact that we did so many shitty things to people of color and yet still white people bend over fucking backwards to justify this heinous inequality that all this bullshit, it's really, it's been getting to me, Samil, not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, it's getting to you. Oh no, uh, society, cool society is falling apart and always has been. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's fucked up. I'm, I'm totally with you. I, I don't, um, I have, I don't, yeah, my, uh, my notes here are more about like, yeah, I was just thinking about how um, just social social justice and the phrase social justice mm. have gotten such a bad rap yes. lately. Mm. When you think when when you just break it down, it's why wouldn't you want society to be just? Yep. What it's, is wrong with social justice? I know. Why does that threaten you? I don't understand. But apparently people look at this as a zero-sum game. Like there's not enough equality to go around. So you got to hoard equality. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I... I've got bars of equality in my basement. <laughs> yeah, go back. Let's go back to the, the equality standard like Ron Paul wants. And right. uh, yeah. No, I just, it's... I guess the idea of the zero sum game doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me right now. It's just kind of. No, everyone loses if we take that approach. (laughs) I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't know why people think that if someone else is succeeding, that you're not going to succeed as hard or something. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, there are a lot of extremely strong societal messages that tell white people just that, including from like all of the politicians that they like, you know? So, I mean, there's this real sense of like, well, you know, it's, it's not because white people have all these extra privileges. It's just that, you know, there's some deficiencies apparently in other populations that make them not able, which is not true at all. Like nothing that is happening that's unequal in the society has anything to do with like genetic or mental inferiority or superiority. Yeah. In fact, if anyone's physically inferior, it's white people. Yeah. Um, ALS challenge, only white people get that. Um, anyway, <laughs> I really, I, I just find, I mean, white people in general have a lot of health problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just find it really ridiculous that you could even make the case. And it's funny to me because the white men who are like making the case for like genetic superiority, I'm always like, are you a walking corpse? Like something. (laughs) They look terrible. Yeah. They're always like these fat dudes with extremely red faces and bloodshot eyes. Yeah. You know, it's just. Yeah. And this is, this is, I don't know. Argument if I looked like that, but whatever. It's Um, just, they have, oh man, it's so hard to even put my finger on what, what it is. And it just feels like you've got nothing better going on than, but even if I had nothing better going on, I don't think I'd be going around being like, Hey, brown people are awesome. 
Like, I don't like, I don't know. I don't understand it. I don't, it's just some different mental situation that I, I just can't get into. I don't understand. I mean, I obviously can't get into the mind of your white supremacist and figure out exactly what's going on. But I bet if you were really able to peel away some of those um, white supremacist white onion layers, you would see just a fucking insecure piece of shit. I mean, it's really what it boils down to is I'm insecure. I'm trying to find a reason that I have purpose. And so this particular theory puts me in a very strong and prominent position as a member of this group. And because I cannot find my own individuality and happiness within myself, I'm in You would think with all the, how religious these people are, that that would be that what's bringing them purpose and meaning. It's so creepy to me how much religion <laughs> overlaps with this kind of stuff. But why like, isn't God bringing them this meaning? God damn it. <laughs> I mean, even with Q- QAnon, not that I want to talk about them a lot, although I do listen to this podcast. I, I love talking about QAnon, to be honest. It's just, it's such a <laughs> fucked up phenomenon. Have you listened to the QAnon Anonymous podcast? Uh, no, I haven't actually. I, I, I've only done reading. I, should I listen to it? Totally. I've listened to almost every single episode. It's really good. Okay. Um, but it's, it's, uh, what was I saying? I totally just lost my train of thought. So I got excited about. Oh, cause they're, time. they're religious and you're like, there's so it's shocking how much overlap. There's a religious component for sure. It's very clear. There's a lot of Jesus Q overlap, but the premise of this whole fucking creepy movement is that all of the lizard people, pedophile elites are going to be rounded up and summarily executed, you know? So I'm like, literally the core of your beliefs is so violent. Yeah. Even if you think those people suck, which is fine. You can think those people suck because they fucking do. Mm-hmm. But this idea that you're like, I can't wait for retribution and all these heads to be chopped. You know, it just seems so gross to me. It's like, why aren't you, why aren't you excited about something good happening in the world? Yeah, no. So the, these people are all on Parlor, and I think we've talked about Parlor before the, uh, the the website. And yeah, they're always um, all of their uh, fantasies are like um, Mike Pence has been arrested and tortured, and like like you know Donald Trump's still in control, and the executions will be live on television, and we all get to watch Biden get you know slot. It's fucking crazy and um, but they want to they love to watch it they would love to watch all of that happening it's so crazy yeah it's like the revenge factory um you know basically doubling down on itself over and over again turns into QAnon (laughs) yeah I guess so I guess so they just have so much like vengeful revengeful (laughs) shit in them yes not retribution and we, I've mentioned this on a podcast earlier, I know, but I think this is a really important point. And in, in, in that, and that is this, in my adult lifetime, basically the whole time I've been paying attention to politics, which started probably in my late teens, I can think of very few examples where a person in a position of power did something egregiously wrong and got in any trouble for it at all. You know, I mean, the banking crisis, nobody paid any you know, like there was no retribution. In this country. Yes, in this country. I mean, in other countries too, but I'm mostly just focusing on our society. I think a lot of people are literally foaming at the mouth for vengeance because they're like, this is so unfair that my life is shit 
And yet you are doing all these horrible things and nothing happens to you. And then we're like, now we're going to let our brains go crazy and make these horrible things, things that are not true. I, you can, there's so many good reasons to hate Nancy Pelosi. You don't have to make her a lizard person. Pedophile. No, you really don't. <laughs> you- exhausting to me. I'm like, why don't you focus on the real reasons? There's good ones, you guys. Because it's just, it's just not that interesting and lizards are cool, so. Yeah, and if you're just like, everything is terrible and I want to be able to justify literally my most disgusting and worst violent impulses, nobody can say it's wrong if I want to do that to a lizard person. Pedophile, I'm a person, you know, it's just. Yeah, I have the moral high ground. If they, if they, yeah, if they, uh, if someone says otherwise, I mean, then they're a pedophile too, because. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so I do, I do think that is a good definition is QAnon with the revenge machine just doubling down on self over and over again. I think you're probably right. I think you're probably right. I've basically watched, I mean, let's face it, this is predominantly white people. Um, and they have watched their quote unquote position of power slip not because of people who are not white, but because of income inequality, because of the fucking people who run corporations and who are in the government. You know, those are the people who are fucking up your opportunity and who are putting austerity measures in place that are making it hard for you and your kids to get ahead. I do wonder like, so these white people, like were they were they generations ago a wealthy family or something? Is that their contention? I, I bet in some cases, but even in families that I know of who are very Republican, very much hate Democrats now, you don't have to go back very many generations and say like, oh my God, my grandparents had all, all the things they needed. They had they a plantation needed. or something. Well, I don't even mean going that far back. I mean oh. like going back to like the fifties. Oh, okay, okay. Where, you know, these white people who are boomers now are like, oh my God, my parents, you know, I, they never had to worry about layoffs. They had a nice house. We had great insurance. Basically everything that I needed was taken care of. And then they've seen that erode as they're now their parents' age. And they're yeah. like, what are living fuck? And they don't ever look at it like, hey, the US had every advantage in the world in the 50s because we blew everybody else up. <laughs> and yep. that's why it was so good. <laughs> yep, exactly. They don't look at it that way. No. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. Um, but it's really, it, you know, when you're watching your your community, like, you're see- literally seeing houses with shutters falling off and people not painting them in neighborhoods where everything used to be taken care of. Like we're now starting to see that kind of decline. And so if someone like Donald Trump tells you it's because of brown people, fuck yeah, you're going to glom onto that. That's a way easier explanation. Yeah. And it's another thing that where you're, you're kind of right, where it's probably more uh, visible now in white communities yeah. <laughs> that where their industries have left town and now their small town of religious folks is, is, is finally feeling what m- many others in the country that aren't them have felt for a long time. Add um, to opioid addiction problem. I mean, it's, yeah. there's a lot of very, I think, visible decline for people who have lived in like middle-class suburbs. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Used to be enough, you know? So I I think these people have very legitimate grievances and it's really sad to me that it's that easy, but politicians are like, oh, you're super insecure literally in every single way. Let me steer you away from what's really the problem. Yeah, it's very easy to derail them. (laughs) 
the person is like, oh, I can punch down, you know, like, whew, what a relief. I don't have the strength to punch up. God. I can blame people who have less than me. But then when that shit doesn't get you any like tangible benefit, it doesn't, I don't know. It's just so illogical. And I'm too much of a logical, like step-by-step process thinker where it's like, this doesn't go back to step zero because this, you've got to scrap this plan that you have. Um, It's not working, but that's not how cool society works. And that's not really how humans work. Um, I might, but. Baby, <laughs> do you remember that song? Yeah, wait, what was that? New Kids or something? Congratulations, you got it. Yeah. All right, all right. For the rest of the podcast, I could sing the whole song. Yeah, maybe we should just we should just wrap it up instead. Yeah, we'll put that on a Patreon episode. Yeah, we'll do that. Or send me your cover of it, and it'll be the outro music for this week. Wonderful. Okay, I totally will. <laughs> All right, Laura, um, with liberty and justice for all. uh, God damn it. Here we are in cool society. And uh, I guess I'll talk to you soon. I I hope your head and your nausea and all that goes away and doesn't come back for a while. I also hope so and appreciate it. (laughs) Thanks. All right. Hang in. (laughs) Talk to you later. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.